0: Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Hagerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Sonia Escamilla, Assistant Director of Inclusive Programs at Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science in North Chicago, Illinois. Thank you for agreeing to share your story with us today.
1: And Sonia, what is
0: that story?
1: Well, thank you for having me this morning. I was very flattered and honored to receive an email from you all that I was nominated to participate in this project. And what would you like to know about my story? (laughs) Well, first of all, how do you identify? Well, I'm a Latina woman. I'm a first-generation college graduate. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I grew up in a low-income, first-generation single-parent home. I'm the youngest of four. I have one older sister and two older brothers and a mom, and that's me. <laughs> so you're working in North Chicago, Illinois, but where are you from? I'm from Milwaukee, born and mostly raised. I say mostly because moved around a lot growing up, probably 20 plus times and had attended about 15 different schools in my upbringing, but we always found our way back to Milwaukee. So (laughs) that's why I say mostly.
0: (laughs) Why so many different places?
1: Well, like I mentioned, my mom was a single parent home. So wherever the job took her to give us the best opportunities, she made those moves and Obviously, we went with her. Now, are you bilingual? I'm not really. My mom is, and most of my family is bilingual. So we grew up in a very Spanglish home, but we're mostly spoken to and responded in English, but we can understand it and speak basic, but not, I would not say fluent now. So, how did you get onto your path? Wow. That starts, I think, from the very beginning. Like I said, we grew up in humble beginnings. I'm a first-generation college graduate, so it was not necessarily a path that was just paved for me. It was definitely some things I had to look into, had to research. And I knew I wanted to go to college from a very young age. I just, I think I learned at a very young age that that's just my only way for mobility, for social mobility, economic mobility. My grandpa came to the States when he was 14, 15 years old on his own, raised his family with his hands in a tire shop and his perseverance. And that didn't really leave a whole lot of college funds or even the way my mom raised us. She was a single parent. There wasn't a whole lot of resources to set me up for anything else besides school. And knowing that, I knew I always wanted to go to school, but I always wanted to choose a path that would help others and I basically got on my path because I knew I wanted to help people, but I knew I also had to make money and make a living. And so I thought I was going to end up in healthcare. And that's actually how I ended up in the college of health sciences for my undergrad and got my bachelor's degree in biomedical sciences at Marquette. So you said your grandfather came here when he was 15. Where did he come from? He came from the FA, it's Mexico City, Mexico. That's where he was born and raised up until that point, pretty much. He came to the States. He crossed the border, ended up in Texas for, I want to say, I think about a year or two. He was working in fields, just getting on his feet. And then he actually found out he had family in Michigan. He made his way to Michigan from Texas, and his experience there wasn't so great. He was not very respected over there. He was going through some stuff and he was going through this pretty much on his own. His family, he comes from a big family, has lots of sisters and his entire family stayed in Mexico their whole life. So he was really out here by himself until he found out his first cousin was actually here in Milwaukee. And so this is how he says it. He hopped in a truck, the back of someone's truck, and he ended up walking. Here I am. <laughs> Here's the rest of us too. We all stayed here pretty much. So
0: how has your identity informed the choices that you've made about the path that you've chosen to take?
1: Yeah, the two most salient identities to me is being a Latina woman, a woman of color. And those things really have led, have really guided where I was heading and, and the decisions that I wanted to make. And it really influenced me choosing biomedical sciences and eventually a graduate master's degree at Marquette as well. But it was really the lack of representation. Like, obviously, it's no secret that women are underrepresented in STEM, let alone women of color in STEM. So doing my bachelor's degree in biomedical sciences, it was never just for me. It was always for the bigger purpose. So have you had a chance to see the mural? Yeah, I have. And actually, one of my very good friends is on there, the Ayesh. So we were informed right away. And I mean, I'm from Waukee, so I'm familiar with. Mauricio's work so I was really excited to know or to see what the outcome was going to be I remember getting the emails as an alum and I remember voting and I'm happy with the outcome and it's a beautiful piece and it's a central spot for Marquette students there's no way you're on that campus and you haven't come across it by now so I really appreciate it
0: how are the themes of the mural resonated for you
1: Oh, it resonates deeply, right? Like I mentioned, my salient identities, being a woman, being a woman of color, being Latina. It wasn't until I got to Marquette or really introduced to Marquette where I felt like I saw some representation because it wasn't necessarily in my major in biomedical sciences, but in higher ed in general, that to see the woman of color empowerment, it made sense And there are plenty of women at Marquette's campus, women of color, that I can think and that I can look at that mural and be like, wow, this makes sense. And this is so empowering. And I still feel empowered and compelled to give back and keep in communication with them because of their position and their role that they had in my life. So
0: what has been the Marquette's impact on the lives of women of color?
1: I don't want to say Marquette as a whole, but I think there's definitely women of color at Marquette that do their job well, they do their job amazing. They go above and beyond the extra mile. And women like that, I mean there's so many, but like the first that comes to mind are like Latrice Harris Collins, Ava Paulus Martinez, Florey Greenhill, there's Myra Rodriguez, there's Yarleon, there's Jackie Walker, rest in peace. There's Laya Thomas. She's not with the university anymore. She's gone on into a different position, but very similar work where she's given back, where all these women are given back and going the extra mile. And the women of color, like these women that I made, and many more, right? There's definitely more out there, but those are the kinds of women that keep students at Marquette because there was definitely moments during my, my undergraduate career and my graduate, my master's career, where I really considered leaving Marquette. And it wasn't because of those women, for sure. They were the kinds of women that helped me persevere, empowered me, affirmed my path and my goals and why I'm there. And that resonates with me deeply. So why did you choose Marquette? EOP, for sure. Latrice Harris-Collins, I actually met her when I was, I want to say, a junior or senior. I went to MPS. I graduated from Ronald Reagan in 2012, and she was doing her missions work, and she made a visit to Reagan. And if you've ever had a conversation with Latrice, you know she's about her business. And at that time, I was too. Like, you know, I mean, I still am, but I was involved in all the extracurriculars, trying to do the right things, get the good grades, be in honor society, work, do the sports. Because, like I said, in my mind at that point in time, education was the only way for me to move up in this society. And hearing Latrice speak to some of those things that I knew I wanted, I knew I had to go to Marquette after knowing that there's someone like her at Marquette, and I got into the Educational Opportunity Program, or EOP, a lot of people call it for short, and same thing, like I mentioned, Flory, Laya, they were the first woman of color that I saw through that office, and right away, welcomed me with open arms, really heard me out, heard my story, learned about me at that time, and they made it easy to feel welcomed initially, and of course, I mean, the money, like, I definitely got a very generous help from the EOP program and without it I for sure wouldn't have been able to go to Marquette.
0: Well, a lot of the women or all of the women so far that you've mentioned who have served as support and perhaps even inspiration for you or from Marquette are there women outside of Marquette women of color who have served as inspiration for you?
1: Oh yeah. I mean first and foremost my my family my mom my sister they were the women the strong independent woman that that showed me all the other parts about me that make me who I am outside of my academics, outside of what I wanted to study. So definitely them, no doubt. I definitely have a lot of friends that are women of color that encourage me, that empower me, that affirm my decisions and, and put me in check too. There's some times where I need that and they do it respectfully, they do it with love. And those are women that I know I can trust, like I don't think there's any woman in my life that I can't trust and they have the best interest for me. So there's plenty of people. I could probably spend the rest of this podcast listing people in my life, but yeah, it takes a village, you know, so. What
0: role has vulnerability played in your own story?
1: Wow, vulnerability. Yeah, that's a good question. And I feel like that one, knowing my identities, I grew up a single parent, first generation, Latina household. I'm the youngest. All those things definitely made vulnerability, kind of a roller coaster emotion in my life. It was, there were times where I felt like I had to be strong. I had to be independent. Like I had to be a badass and I can't rely on anybody for that. But then there were times where I was like, there was a lot of times I should say that I don't know what I don't know until I know it or until it's too late. So really putting myself out there, really expanding my network, really asking questions, not being afraid to, quote unquote, ask dumb questions that really... That was something for me that required me to step out of my comfort zone. I always felt like I had to do things on my own because I saw women do it on their own too. Like I saw strong women get to where they are on their own or seemingly on their own, but that's a roller coaster and still is. Vulnerability, it's an area that I still continue to work on, but it helped me step out of my comfort zone and really, really grow as a person.
0: So what do you think about this concept of the strong woman, especially as it relates to women of color? It's almost this demand that there be this superhuman strength, or what are your thoughts?
1: It feels like that way sometimes. And growing up and even now observing different women in my life, I definitely think that is like a stigma or a stereotype of women to be these superheroes, right? Like I know people who are mothers and working full time or i know people that are mothers working full time and going to school or doing everything and doing all the things that inspire people like me inspire others that it's possible but it's also a difficult thing and i feel like i'm on both sides like i think it's something that they definitely should be proud of right like they are working they are kicking ass in everything they do and i feel like a lot of of that has to do cuz that's just the only way to get to their goal and I feel like I resonate with that because, like I mentioned, I feel like that was education for me. Higher ed, was that was my only way to success. But on the flip side, it definitely doesn't have to be that. Like, like I mentioned, I have a whole village that supported me and, and helped me in a number of different ways. And I hope all the strong superhero women and badass women out there know that they probably have very similar support systems and they can trust that. I think that was the vulnerability piece with me that it's sometimes hard to accept that or hard to even just verbalize that. But I think people should know or be reminded if they're not. So, what impact do you hope to have on women of color? I hope women of color always chooses the road of empowerment. I think we all have our triumph stories. We all have unique backgrounds. We all have unique journeys, and we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what the other is going through. We don't know what. They are reflecting on on their life, what their thoughts are, their mental health or anything. We don't know a lot of things about a lot of, a lot of people. And so I always try to choose the road of empowerment, no matter what situation or what conversation I'm having. Because I've been in a position where there have been women of color and actually at Marquette, where they didn't choose that road when talking to me. And it hurts. It's not a fun, and it doesn't have to be fun, but it's the wrong thing to do if you're not empowering. Another person. What does that look like to empower another woman? What does that look like? I think affirming other women, encouraging them through doubts. Like, I'd be lying to you if I said there was never a time I doubted my position at Marquette, my abilities at Marquette in life, even in my professional career, my graduate program. There are plenty of times where I felt I didn't belong, that imposter syndrome the doubts, and a lot of these women that I named, my family, these professional mentors, these friends of mine, like they probably heard this come from my mouth a couple of times. And they really encouraged me. They really raised me up. And sometimes that was enough to make me persevere forward and move on and get to the next step and achieve the goal. And to me, that's what it looks like. But that could look different for everybody, right? Like sometimes That means grabbing a coffee and just laughing with a friend. Sometimes that means going to the gym and relieving some stress. Or sometimes it just means having dinner, catching up with somebody. Like that looks different for everybody. And in different points in my life, all those things were empowering for me. And I try to do that too. But I think the biggest one was just encouraging, affirming, and supporting emotional, mental, spiritual well-being of another person, another woman.
0: What are your hopes for the future? Not only your own, but Marquette and the communities that you're serving.
1: Oh, that's a great question. My hopes for the future, I feel like I'm going to be a student forever. I'd like to go back to school one day and get a doctorate degree to really continue that mobility that I talked about and really give back. In the work that I do now, I serve underrepresented students in medicine, in their professional career. I serve medical students, the pharmacy students, podiatry students, physician assistant students, physical therapy students. All these students who are pursuing healthcare career paths, I work with them and I have some kind of front-facing touching point with them. And my goal is to continue doing that, but also on a larger scale and a higher capacity, moving up in either higher education or perhaps healthcare still. So that's my personal goal. And for the community and for Marquette, I really hope that this is the start of endless ways to acknowledge, to uplift, to support the women of color on that campus because from my experience and during my undergraduate career and my graduate career, it did not always feel that that was happening. And that's not right. (laughs) There's definitely work to be done, and I hope this is just the start. I hope there's other ways that Marquette continues to, or really starts showing appreciation for the women. Not just the woman I named, like I said. There's plenty of other women, women of color on that campus that does the work and does work that they're not paid to do, but they're doing it because they care. They're doing it because it's going to help that student or help that colleague get to their next step. So I really hope that Marquette starts putting the appreciation where it belongs. But the community, I was born and raised, like mostly raised, Milwaukee, right across the bridge from Marquette, 16th Street. I grew up on 15th in Greenfield. And I really hope for my community that little girls like me on the other side of that bridge sees a mural like that or sees someone in their classroom or sees someone in a position that they admire. And they are moved to also shoot for the stars and reach their goals. That's how I felt like I was introduced to a lot of the things that I was introduced to was somebody telling their story, somebody sharing inspiring words for a poor girl on the south side that it's possible and it is tough. It is tough and by no means was this journey easy, but it's worth it and I hope in my community, people, my culture, people like me, step out of their comfort zone and continue achieving all their goals because it's possible. And I believe in people like me. I believe in people that are born into unfortunate circumstances. And I believe there's people out there to help people like me because I definitely had a lot of that. And I hope to be that for others, too. Thank you, Sonia Escamilla. Your story stands as
0: a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Hagerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.